Welcome to the Living Leadership Podcast. Equipping leaders to live in Christ joyfully and serve Him faithfully. This week, we at Living Leadership have been delighted to be hosting Pastoral Refreshment at Home. This was an online refreshment conference for leaders and their spouses. In the spirit of refreshment, this week's episode of the Living Leadership podcast is a little bit different. We wanted to share with you a short reflection on Psalm 131 that Julian Hardiman recently brought us at Refresh Network Online. We do hope that this is a blessing to yourself as you take some time this week to be refreshed in the Lord. Morning. Could you look in your Bibles uh, up, uh, look up Psalm 131, which I'm going to read and then share a few, few thoughts about it. So this is a song of ascents and it was written by David. My heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. But I have calmed and quietened myself. I'm like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I am content. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forevermore. My observation is that this second lockdown has been more difficult for most people than the first. And what I particularly observe in myself, and I think to a degree in others as well, is that I'm overreacting to things. I'm reacting more strongly, usually in a negative way, than I would normally. There's a definite difference. Alongside of that, I realise that I'm also more sensitive, not in so much a good way as, as a difficult way than normal. And I also observe that in others. So in other words, when someone else is overreacting, I'm more sensitive than I would be normally. And so a kind of vicious circle is set up. That may or may not be you, of course. But I think it does apply to quite a lot of us. And it does seem to me that Psalm 131 speaks into that sense of being on edge and of being frazzled. I want to look at it in four phases. 
And the first is I've called renouncing or renunciation. We don't know whether David was the king when he wrote this, but verse three suggests to me that probably he was. He begins with a statement of uh, not being proud and of not having haughty eyes that uh, could almost sound a little bit self-righteous. But we see in the second part of the verse how he's got there. There's been a deliberate renunciation of thinking thoughts and being concerned about things that were above his pay grade. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. Each of us as human beings has a tendency to strive to be godlike. We want to have the kind of control that God has. We want to have the kind of knowledge that God has. David, in all his greatness as a human being, has acknowledged here his limitations. And he's acknowledged that it is important, perhaps habitually and certainly at certain times, to engage in a pattern and a series of acts of renouncing that desire for overreach. I think that applies enormously in our current situation. I think many of us have found ourselves scouring all different kinds of uh, news feeds, for example, for more and more information so that we could get an almost godlike stance on what has been happening or what is happening. And people indulging in all sorts of uh, predictions which uh, vary very widely because we want to know what will happen. It's a striving towards deity that actually does us no good and needs a conscious renouncing. That's what David's done. And secondly, we see him in a state of having soothed himself, of consciously and intentionally done what it takes to calm himself down. I've calmed myself and quietened myself. How I would long to be able to go in a time machine into David's palace room, uh, his throne room, and just to say, what, what was it particularly that you did, David? We know that he was a musician, so perhaps he played music or had music played for him. That seems entirely likely. Certainly he had experience of the calming power of music uh, from when uh, King Saul was troubled by the, uh, by the demon. Perhaps that worked for David. Perhaps that, perhaps that works for you. One thing that I think is very often neglected in um, more conservative evangelical circles is the importance of our bodies in our spirituality. And in particular, the effect of our breathing on our state and our breathing on our emotional turmoil. Other Christian traditions, I think, have a deeper insight into the fact that we are connected human beings, to call a pompous phrase, we're psychosomatic wholes. And there is a complex and important and constant interplay between our thoughts and our feelings and our bodily sensations. I don't have time to give, try and give a whole account of, uh, of that here, but it does seem to me that uh, very often what a lot of us could do with almost more than anything else is simply sitting still and breathing calmly, slowly, 
and deeply. And focusing on the Lord in some simple way allied to our prayer. If you've never tried that, then there are, there are books available. One of mine has a short section on, on this and there are much better, there's much better material both in books and online. It seems to me though a, a tragically undertaught and uh, underutilized approach for precisely what David is talking about. That movement towards the, the Lord in which we consciously quieten ourselves and calm ourselves down. And you notice it is something that he has done for himself. He doesn't just wait for the Holy Spirit to come and uh, inject him with calmness. There is a responsibility there. There is an act. There is a possibility for David to do that for himself. And even if we find ourselves on a scale of one to ten, only being calmed down from, a, from an eight to a six, those two points are worth having. And very often we'll be able to go lower. So there is renunciation then there is a self-soothing. And then there is an act that I could only describe with one word, which is nestling. Like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I am content. I've, I've struggled sometimes with why, why is this a weaned child rather than say a child which is uh, in, in its mother's arms and, uh, and being fed at the breast. It may be that a weaned child is a bit older and more independent. And that for a weaned child to approach its mother, it's not coming for, for, for the milk uh, that it needs uh, for survival, but it is coming for its emotional needs to be expressed in terms of physical cuddles and physical closeness. There is a movement there that the more independent child needs to make. Of course, the picture here is of God our Father, described in maternal terms as the most uh, wonderful and soothing of mothers. And what we see is this great king, in adult life, moving from a position before verse one in which he would have been striving for godlike thoughts, godlike perspectives, godlike control, godlike predictive power. Having renounced all that, calmed himself down and moved like a young child towards its mother. And I think we feel as he repeats the verse, a sense of the onset of a kind of quiet peace in that. Like a weaned child, I am content. And then we notice that he generalizes. And that's why what I've described in the first three verses is not something that we can write off simply as one person's personality type or, or suitable for uh, a certain kind of uh, temperament. Israel, he says, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forevermore. We renounce our aspirations to be like a deity. We calm ourselves down. We draw near to God and nestle in his arms by faith. And then we look at our present and we look at our future and we are happy to trust in him for those things, to hope in him. Happy to throw ourselves under the shelter of a God who has promised and has never broken any of his promises, of a God who has limitless power, who knows us perfectly and knows precisely what is right for us far better than we know ourselves. David says, this is our God and we can trust him and we can look to the future 
for this afternoon, for tomorrow, for far beyond with hope. That's all I want to say by way of the talk. What I'm going to suggest is that I read the psalm again, but what I'm going to do is to read it even more slowly and to invite you in the breaks that I give to attend to what God is saying to you, to attend to the movement of the spirit, to your response to that and to uh, the, uh, uh, the text that, that, that's been read and to engage with the Lord in these elongated spaces that I'll leave between the different phases. My heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes are not halting. I do not concern myself with great matters. or things too wonderful for me. But I have calmed myself. And I have quietened myself.
I'm like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I'm content. Israel, put your hope in the Lord. both now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Living Leadership Podcast. We hope what you've heard today spurs you on in your walk with the Lord. If you're encouraged by today's episode, consider sharing it with a friend or colleague or leaving a review on your podcast app to help others find us. If you'd like to engage further with us on anything you've heard today, we'd love to hear from you. You'll find us on any major social media platform, at Living Leaders, or visit our website, www.livingleadership.org, where you'll also find more support and resources to help you live in Christ joyfully and serve Him faithfully. God bless.